the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, greetings. Good afternoon. Thanks for coming along. Kath has the day off. This time last week, and I say this not to brag or to to boast upon anything, just as a point of reference. This time last week, I was standing on a beach in Florida where it was 91 degrees and sunny. Now I'm holding holding a cup of hot tea, trying to stave off the freezing cold. Yeah, that's what I was doing. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Is there anything worse than a Monday after you've been on vacation? Absolutely not. Nothing. Especially a rainy day. Oh, my gosh. And I love it here. I'm happy to be here. This is, you know, fabulous. Home sweet home. But, you know, a vacation, a good vacation, we all dream of far away, do we not? We all dream of that vacation. And one of the joys of vacation is that it's like... It's like love, I think. It's long anticipated with pleasure and then experienced with some form of joy and discomfort and then remembered with nostalgia, which is what I'm doing today. Uh, Really, uh, a good friend of ours has a a condo in Florida and in his great kindness and generosity, he said, hey, the place is empty. Would you like it? It took me about three seconds to go, yes, 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 yes. So my wife and I, we have not had a vacation alone together as a couple for almost two decades, which is crazy. I mean, way too long. But, you know, you just get busy and you're taking care of family, your kids, you know, all that thing. You know what it is. If you're married with kids, we just have not afforded ourselves the luxury of time alone. And so for eight days, we we were alone. I think, you know... I, I I don't think this is just true about my marriage, but when you are not alone with your spouse for a long time, I think we both, my wife and I, we both sort of anticipated this with a, a sense of great glee, but also a little fear of what were we going to be like as a couple again, uh, alone, without any distractions. And, and I mean any distractions. We were on the beach. Like I said, the aforementioned wonderful friend allowed us his condo on the beach for free. Goodness gracious, what a gift that is. And we had no cell phone on the beach. We, we, we did a tech-free vacation, essentially. So we looked at each other in the eye, and we had conversations, these long, rambling conversations. 99% of them were filled with great joy and, and plans and remembrances, looking back, all that. Occasionally, we'd hit a little spike. Oh, hey, well, what about this? What about that? Where we delved into that. But I mean, holy smokes, you know, you're on the beach in Florida. How, how bad of a fight can it be when you're on the beach in Florida? Really? So 
it sure is good to go away, isn't it? I mean, because I believe, I don't know if you believe this, but I, I believe if you can do this, the vacation essentially, they're necessities. Vacation is not a luxury. Vacation's uh, something that is something that is just a gift from God. I mean, uh, you know, some people who work in ministry, they call them sabbaticals, where they are able to go away for months on end, three months or six months, six months. And that's certainly well, that's well earned, isn't it? But eight days away, alone with your wife in Florida, fabulous gift. Didn't you Just, get like a little uh, a vehicle that you got to drive you? Oh, yeah. A friend of ours had this condo, and when we got down there, he was like, hey, uh, you know, he texted and said, you good? I said, yeah, I'm fine. And he said, let me walk you through some things here. Um, and then he directed me to a box within the condo that was locked up and said, I got a Vespa sitting outside in the parking lot. That's awesome. And you're free to use it. Now, my wife, she was like, I am, I'm not going to get on that thing. She wouldn't ride it. She wouldn't ride it. She was a little leery of it. Um, <clears throat> but like a lot of guys, I mean, you know, I had a motorcycle in my 20s. I mean, certainly a Vespa is not a motorcycle, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was still fun to get on that thing and drive up. You know, I drove up to the Publix and got some shrimp and, you know, did the little sort of run around. You know. Did, did you get a photo of you on that Vespa? Please say uh, yes. Please. I don't think oh. I did. I don't think I did. No. Uh-uh. I mean, I, you know. I'd love to see you on that thing. <laughs> no, but um, I did get a photo of my wife on a bicycle on the beach. Nice. Which is fabulous. I mean, who doesn't like to ride a bike on the beach? Now, right? was it one of those, um, What I don't, forgive me, I forget what they're called. What's that? But where, where you, it's like a dual bicycle where two people can ride oh, the same a, bicycle. A tandem. Yes, thank you. No, no, this was just a bike. This was a bike okay. that you know that was at the condo that you know it was kind of the chain was a little rusty and didn't matter. Yeah, you know, this a lot of joy riding a bike on a beach. You oh, ever it's do, the greatest. You ever do it? Oh, I love it. You can oh. feel the wind blowing through your hair, and yeah, you, you get the this the scenery is just it's lovely. It is lovely. Uh, it, you had to choose your day carefully because it's one thing to ride down a beach with the wind, you know, you know, pushing you along, but to come back with the wind in your face is a whole other story. Now, speaking of wind, did Hurricane Michael affect the weather at all? You know what? God bless uh, all those people uh, who are devastated uh, in the path of Hurricane Michael. So there we were in Florida, and we're watching the weather forecast, thinking, "Oh, you know, it might, you know, it might interrupt our vacation." Yeah. I mean, you know, to have your in- vacation interrupted is certainly a minor thing in comparison to losing your life or right. having your home, dev- your community, your neighborhood just blown off the face of the of course, map. Yeah. No, but it did not. Um, the day of the hurricane, the wind picked up, and I have a, I have one of these apps. And so before we left the you know the condo, I went out on the porch. The wind speed was like twenty eight miles an hour. That's not bad. No, it was but it was windy. That's for sure. Um, the following day, we went down to this little street, you know, kind of like a little resort street where you know they're selling t shirts and whatnot, yeah. and ran into a guy, and he was like, "Hey, man, uh, it's going to be beautiful on the beach today because as the wind comes through, it sort of like you know exhausts itself." And so, so today when you go onto the beach, you'll see yeah. how beautiful it is. And it was. So I think the hurricane came in Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, Thursday. I mean, even in Friday, the ocean was this like glass-like calm. Really? Easy. Nothing. Nothing that was violent or, I mean, That's no, amazing. nothing at all. Uh, there was some seaweed that was kicked up our way and things yeah. like that. But I mean, just absolutely. 
We were envying you. I'm sure you were. And I, I was not thinking of you much, uh, <laughs> although I love both you and Kath <laughs> tremendously. Uh, you know, but it's just, no, it just gorgeous. So oh, yeah. kudos. Kudos to my friend and his great kindness and generosity to allow us to, uh, his uh, beach condo for absolutely a, a song. The, the airplane ride back and forth was not that big of a deal. I mean, it was just perfect. It was really good to sort of reconnect with your wife and fall in love all over again and say, hey, uh, uh, let me look at you. I know who you are. <laughs> it's good. So no matter what age you are, it was fabulous to go away and, and be sure. together again. Anyway, uh, Kath is off today. So, you know, how we kind of work this, we're sort of tag teaming. So Kath's taking today today and tomorrow off, and I appreciate, Mike, you and uh, Kath, your extra-duty work. I guess you've got a vacation in the mix as well at some point. Heck yes. Yeah, oh, yeah. Although you're kind of a fairly newbie, so you don't have much vacation right. time racked up, do you? Right. No. Not yet. No. Soon. Very Someday. soon. <clears throat> you knew you were back because we're, we're flying into Pittsburgh, and as the, I had the, a window seat. As the plane touches down, I look out the window, and we're you know sitting on the, uh, on the tarmac, and there's the baggage handlers, uh, two guys and a young woman. Uh, mm-hmm. I bet you all three of them are probably not even 30 yet, but they were on the tarmac with their hoodies up. And they were all wearing vests, and they had gloves on. Welcome back to uh, Pittsburgh. I was like, oh, yeah, we're certainly back in the city of Pittsburgh. And look outside today. It was raining and freezing cold out there. And, of course, more's on the way. Such is life. But uh, it's nice to get away. It was a nice little touch with summer in October. Hey, uh, even with the, the absence of Kath, I do hope that I've got a good show for you today that Mike and I are going to ride along here. Uh, as we always do on a Monday, We are, our first guest is um, always Greg Clugston. We're blessed to have Greg. He's the White House correspondent for Salem Radio News, and uh, we're going to check in. President Trump last night on 60 Minutes, which was, uh, listen, fabulous. It really was. If you've not watched this yet... Uh, you know, uh, my, my feelings towards the president, like I think a lot of people are very complex. Certainly I am pro President Trump. Uh, but I do know, and I've said this many times, he's his own worst enemy because he tweets himself into a foolish corner from time to time. However, there is a lot to be said about the mainstream media and the way that they treat the president and the hashtag fake news. So yesterday, um, when I realized that the president was going to be on 60 Minutes, sat down after the football game, which the Steelers, of course, fabulous game yesterday, yes. sat down and watched uh, Leslie Stahl try to grill the president. And it did not go well for uh, Leslie Stahl. Whatever effort she made in trying to make the president look bad, he would have none of it. And he was on point and was strong and spoke well. I, I think I thought it was a really – one of the best, if not the best, interview of the presidential term. So kudos to President Trump for more than holding his own and uh, really making his narrative heard across uh, CBS News in 60 Minutes. So excellent for that. Well, Tom, I'm sure we'll talk with Greg Clarkson a little bit about that as well. Okay, uh, that's it for this Monday. Let's take a break, okay? Uh, oh, here we go. <laughs> WORD. In touch with Dr. Charles Stanley. 
It is certainly the will of God that every one of his children have spiritual discernment because he knows that the more spiritual discerning we are, the stronger our relationship with the Lord Jesus is going to be. In Touch with Dr. Charles Stanley, helping you grow in Christ every day. Tomorrow morning at 8.30 on 101.5 WORD. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. How does Eden Christian Academy prepare students for success? Through education that ignites the mind and inspires the spirit. From pre-K through 12th grade. Through 47 state-certified full-time teachers. And opportunities in sports, the arts, and service to the community. With results like SAT scores 200 points over the national average. Tour any of their three North Hills campuses during Admissions Week, October 15th. And see what the area's largest non-denominational Christian school has to offer. At EdenChristianAcademy.org. When it comes to selling you a mat- most retailers are handing you a line, a long line of extra steps that drive up costs and create confusion. At the Original Mattress Factory, we simplify the mattress shopping experience by building mattresses and box springs in our own local factories and selling them direct to you. It's short, sweet, and simply makes sense. So experience more than just a mattress store. Experience an original, the Original Mattress Factory. More Americans have access to health care, yet are paying more than ever in out-of-pocket and prescription costs. Take control of your health at the 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, Friday, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. A presentation of the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber. The fair is free and open to the public. From 2 to 7, browse local vendors, hear insights from leading experts, and get your flu shot. Provided by St. Barnabas Health. The 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. That's very nice. That's very nice. And I know you do love the Turkish people. They're great people. I know that. They're great people. We would like to pray for you. We pray for you often. Thank you. Uh, as a family, my wife and I pray for you. Thank you. Well, I need it probably more than anybody in this <laughs> So I would, that would be very nice. Thank you. We pray for you. Yes, thank you very much. Okay. Okay, so you can, I'll just do it from here. Lord God, I ask that you pour out your Holy Spirit on President Trump, that you give him supernatural wisdom to accomplish all the plans you have for this country and for him. I ask that you give him wisdom on how to lead this country into righteousness. I ask that you give him perseverance and endurance and courage to stand for truth. I ask that you protect him from slander, from enemies, from those who would undermine. I ask that you make him a great blessing to this country. Fill him with your wisdom and strength and perseverance. And we bless him 
May he be a great blessing to our country. In Jesus' name, we bless you. That was a Saturday afternoon, which was shocking, quite honestly, because the day before, um, Pastor Andrew Brunson was being held by Turkish authorities under house arrest. And then within 24 hours, there he was sitting in the White House next to the president of the United States. Here to talk to us about this amazing week, SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugston. Hey, Greg, how are you doing today? I'm well. Good afternoon. Good afternoon to you. Kath is off today. I was off last week, so we're just sort of tag-teaming on a Monday afternoon. I see. Okay. Yes. So uh, pretty amazing, isn't it, uh, that Andrew Brunson was uh, in Turkey one day under house arrest and then in a short order back in the White House? You're right. Talk about a whirlwind there and just uh, two different worlds. And we, we knew that uh, there was going to be some kind of um, interaction between the president and Brunson once uh, the pastor got back uh, to the United States. We didn't know exactly how it was going to play out until Saturday. And then uh, what do you know? There he is sitting side by side with the president in the Oval Office, uh, joined by top administration officials, including the Secretary of State, also, several leading members of Congress who played a, a very vocal and pivotal role in uh, keeping his case alive and in the in, in the in the news and at the attention of the administration over the last couple of years. So it was uh, quite a remarkable scene. It surely was. So, what about the politics behind this? Um, uh, certainly, kind of messy. Uh, there's a a pastor here or a, a figure here in Pittsburgh or in Pennsylvania, I should say, who was part of this. Can you give us the backstory about how Pastor Brunson wound up in prison in the first place? Well, it uh, there was, you know, political unrest there a couple of years ago and the pastor uh, to, you know, my understanding and the, and the reporting at the time uh, sort of got swept up into what was seen as uh, an attempt for uh, you know, esp- espionage, mm-hmm. uh, and also uh, he was facing these terror-related charges. Now, of course, President Trump had denounced them over the summer as phony charges, and Brunson himself has strongly defended his in- innocence. Uh, and it's also worth noting, in addition to Brunson, there are other Americans who are still being detained in Turkey, including um, some State Department officials or former State Department officials and other former um, um, you know, other Americans who formerly had um, had contact with the government and doing service work there as well. And the president and the administration have said they have not forgotten these individuals and are still working to win their release. But obviously, Brunson was a very high-profile individual. No doubt. No, that's interesting. So, I mean, I thought that Turkey was an ally, but at the same time, they're imprisoning what you would say and characterize as innocent Americans. Yeah, you know, that, that's, a, that's a good point, John, because it's... Uh, they're an ally, yes. They're also a member of NATO, uh, which is also makes them an ally of the United States. Um, and the president was saying, um, he mentioned this, um, I don't know if he mentioned this specifically in the 60 Minutes interview last night, but certainly um, in interactions with reporters um, over the last 48 hours or so, uh, he was saying they were not acting like a member of NATO should act. And so even the president, uh, you know, putting forth that sort of, uh, condemnation almost of really of, of the actions of of the Turkish government, and there's there, there still are sanctions uh, that the United States has levied against the Turkish government for various actions. And the president said, "Look, um, even though this pastor was released, those sanctions remain in place." Uh, he said there was no ransom paid, there was no 
um, n no other concessions that were made, um, at least publicly known, and certainly no ransom. And uh, he said he's going to hold firm. And uh, in terms of, you know, upholding what American rules are in terms of, of bringing back these hostages, and they hope to bring the other Americans home, too, obviously. Well, I'm into that. Please do. SRN News White House correspondent Greg Clugson is with us. Hey, Greg, uh, I'm glad you, that you mentioned 60 Minutes. Uh, did you have the opportunity to watch Leslie Stahl go at it uh, with President Trump? I did. Very entertaining. Very, Very much interesting so. interesting and informative, all, all of those. Yeah, I mean, I think the president really more than held his own. He directed the flow of the conversation, and uh, quite honestly, Leslie Stahl was back on her heels. Right, and, you know, it's interesting. I, I think he really enjoys, the president really enjoys that kind of sparring. Um, we, we see him... Uh, engage in all sorts of back and forth, and he's been doing it more recently, in recent weeks, as, we, as he's been heading out onto the campaign trail, and uh, he certainly looked extreme and, and came across as extremely confident uh, in that in interview last night, uh, very confident in dealing with questions from Leslie Stahl, who at times held her own ground as well, even yes. though he may have pushed back. There was a lot of uh, give and take between the two, and uh, who knows all of the outtakes and, and, and extra footage that they couldn't even squeeze into that half-hour interview for the broadcast right. last night. But it, it was interesting just to see his demeanor, um, and I know Leslie Stahl has also said you know she's had the inter chance to interview him. She last interviewed him three days after the election, um, and so she had seen uh, a lot of difference between then-president-elect Trump in terms of uh, you know just coming to the realization that he had been elected the president of the United States, and now almost two years in, the, the confidence and even the boastfulness that he has um, about about some good positive developments, whether it's North Korea relations, whether it's the booming economy, or bringing back this pastor from Turkey. Yes. What's interesting is, you know, you're watching that 60 Minutes, and I, I think it's online right now, the, the CBS portal. Yes. But when you watch that uh, interview, and you, of course, you realize that everybody's watching today knows that these things are edited to within, you know, an inch or a, a millisecond uh, of their life that, you know, the narrative is defined by the person who has control of the interview. And uh, the president was so strong and so on point that I think that I'd be curious to see what was left, you know, so to speak, on the cutting room floor that they did not bother to include in the interview because the president was so A+. plus. Yeah, and there may not be anything. Mean, there, there's always going to be leftover material, whether it's it's meant to uh, change the the narrative or not. It's simply you just simply can't fit it all in. Right. But um, they certainly covered a lot of subjects, you know, from the Supreme Court to the economy to Russia and China, uh, and on down the list. And so there was a lot of uh, information given there about those items. Um, a lot of it, you know, was was re re repeated statements by the president on any number of subjects. But also uh, what he has learned in office and kind of his approach and his comfort level now. He says he feels completely comfortable as president. Yeah. Um, and what's interesting is uh, we're seeing him um, engage in a lot more Q&A with reporters, uh, even more so than he had done earlier in his presidency. Uh, and that may, again, be another outcome of him feeling more confident and his aides and officials at the White House acknowledging that he's the boss and let him do as he pleases, especially as he's out trying to rally up Republicans ahead of the midterm. Yeah, well, certainly after two years in office, the die has uh, been strongly cast. So uh, let's move forward, because what's happening right now internationally is fascinating. I, I, I don't know if you – I can never remember a time that I've been alive where the president of the United States is directly dealing with a monarch about the murder of a journalist. But that's the, the top of the news cycle. 
It is obviously a troubling story. Here you have this journalist uh, go into the consulate, the Saudi consulate in the country of Turkey, and he disappears. Now, the president uh, this morning, as he was departing for a day trip down to the hurricane zone in Florida and Georgia, said that he got off the phone this morning with the king of Saudi Arabia and that the king flatly denied any knowledge or involvement in the disappearance of this Washington Post contributing columnist. Um, it's, 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 very, it's very hard to understand exactly uh, what happened, other than we have images and, and proof of him entering that consulate and nothing of him coming out. And uh, there have been all sorts of you know, stories about his uh, you know, expected or alleged you know, murder at the hands of, of people inside the consulate there. But you're right, having the President of the United States on the phone with the King of Saudi Arabia uh, discussing uh, this matter, the President said that he, he really impressed upon him the fact that the world is watching and the gravity of the situation. Right. Now, what's interesting, you know, during the last night's uh, 60 minute interview, the President talked about arms sales and said, you know, Russia, you know, Saudi Arabia had a large order for arms. So there's uh, Russia involved wanting this order, China involved wanting the order. The United States essentially won the order. So what kind of punishment or kickback, you know, does one superpower give to a monarch? Uh, I mean, it's so weird and so complex to think about the a murder inside of a palace. And uh, I mean, how do you even make sense of all this? Well, the president, you're right, did promise, you know, severe punishment um, if, in fact, Saudi Arabia is responsible for what is presumed to be the death of this man. And if that's the case, um, it will be interesting to see exactly how the Trump administration responds to that. But there was that pushback by the president when asked about, you know, the arms sales and other um, transactions that the, you know, monetary transactions that the U.S. has with Saudi Arabia. The president seemed to put a premium on preserving those economic transactions uh, for the benefit of American workers. But you had uh, you know, people like Senator Marco Rubio and others over the weekend expressing real concern about that initial response because uh, you know they say that you know there's a moral and ethical you know value system that the United States needs to be upholding and representing, not just military arms sales. Yes. So with our limited time ahead here, Greg, let's talk about President Trump. You mentioned that he was on his way to Florida and Georgia to look at the devastation from Hurricane Michael. Uh, you've traveled with the president in the past. Uh, this is an opportunity for the president to show empathy and compassion, to survey the damage and offer some sort of form of aid. So uh, what will come of this today as the president uh, walks the streets in the neighborhoods? Yeah, he was in Florida to start the afternoon and uh, just about a half an hour ago landed in Georgia. So he is uh, he's uh, right now in Georgia and is uh, doing similarly to what he did in Florida earlier. He took a helicopter aerial tour of the damage, especially Mexico uh, Beach, the hard hit area, uh, took a walking tour of neighborhoods. And so he's doing exactly as you pointed out offering comfort and assistance, meeting with local and state officials, and uh, again, just you know, sending the message that the government is there to help uh, for, for Americans in a time of need. Right. And uh, he'll do the same in Georgia right now. And that's good. I mean, that means something, right? I mean, we can't imagine, uh, you can't imagine what it'd be like to see your entire neighborhood or your entire town wiped off the map. It's important that the president does show up and act as the leader to offer that compassion and that empathy. 
Yeah, he and the First Lady were at a FEMA distribution center in Florida a couple of hours ago, and they were helping passing out bottles of, of water, you know, and, and cases of water to residents there. And after touring a, just an extremely damaged neighborhood, and we've, seen, we've all seen those photos, he told reporters there on the ground that to, to see this personally is very, very tough. So when the, when the commander-in-chief is on the ground seeing how, how the Americans are directly impacted by the latest storm, um, it, does, it does make a mark and uh, it, it does make a difference. Surely it does. Well, Greg, thanks an awful lot. We live in fascinating times and we certainly appreciate uh, your perch at the White House to guide us through each Monday. Always a pleasure. Thanks. Mine as well. Greg Clugston, SRN News White House correspondent. Information about Greg at wordfm.com, Salem Radio Network News. Jen had a very busy day today. Really busy. First, she dropped her kids off at daycare. Then she had a few minutes before yoga class for a coffee. Small latte, please. And then she saved a few lives. Nurse, two units, O negative. One, an injured child. Another, a cardiac patient. And then, a premature baby. All because Jen logged on to bloodsciencefoundation.org and made a financial donation. There, done. You see, local blood donors provide only about half of what is needed to treat patients. The other half has to be purchased and relies on financial donations from people like you and Jen. Ooh, cake pops. So, what have you done today? To make a financial donation that saves lives, visit bloodsciencefoundation.org. Blood Science Foundation. Giving from the heart. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit mypillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system... Check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. You can't change the whole world, but you can be part of the change in the world for a child living in poverty by becoming a Compassion International Child Sponsor. You can choose a child to sponsor now at Compassion.com slash radio. That's Compassion.com slash radio. For all the many years that we've been doing the ride home with Joan and Kathy, both Kath and I really appreciate all the advertisers who've been with us. Grove City College is our newest advertiser, and we are so happy that Grove City is with us. Both of our children attend Grove City, so we, as proud parents of children who attend Grove City College, we say thank you to Grove City College. 
Showers will linger past nightfall in some areas, especially in the laurels. Otherwise, brisk winds will diminish as skies clear tonight, and it'll be turning colder with a low 34. It'll stay chilly tomorrow despite a good deal of sunshine. High will be 52. Clouds will increase late tomorrow night with a low near 40. Variably cloudy and chilly for Wednesday. High will be near 50. It'll stay chilly despite sunshine Thursday. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Sears stands behind every product they sell, no matter how small the purchase. We're at a Sears store to find out why Sears is where America shops. I do a lot of shopping for out-of-town family, and anything I buy at Sears, if I buy it here, and they, for some reason, the size doesn't fit, they don't like the color, they can go to any Sears store and exchange it without any problems. You could order from the catalog and have them ship it to wherever you want, anywhere in the United States. Sears for America shops. You know, uh, for much of the 132-year history of Sears, the company was at the forefront of American retail. I mean, it's undeniable. The Amazon, clearly, of its time. Its early mail order and distribution innovations made it the the Amazon of the Gilded Age. Later, uh, its vast spread of brick-and-mortar stores positioned Sears to prime retail locations around the country. For years, Sears was the largest retailer in the United States, operating out of the tallest building in the world, which was the Sears Tower in Chicago. At various points in the life of Sears, it sold products like fishing tackle, tombstones, barber chairs, wigs, even a Stradivarius model violin for $6.10. It also sold homes. That's right. You could order a home from Sears and that would be delivered to you in pieces you go uh, around any small town in the United States of America, and you will find Sears Homes. However, in the last decade, a uh, little of that splendor of Sears has been evident. The company lost money for years. Its headcount has fallen by hundreds of thousands of employees, several thousand fewer stores than it did even in 2008. Sears has uh, defied uh, predictions of bankruptcy for years, and recently it avoided that fate by purging its in 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 store classic brands like uh, Craftsman Tools, but early this morning, facing a hundred and thirty four million dollar debt payment, the company filed for bankruptcy. Sears, uh, Richard Sears, Richard Sears. The the name on the Sears stores was a railway station agent. He started the R W Sears Watch Company in Minneapolis after buying a batch of watches from a local jeweler and then selling them to fellow agents on the railroad. The next year, he moved the business to Chicago, hired Alva C. Robach, a watchmaker, through a classified ad. The enterprise, then named Sears, Roebuck & Company, benefited from a United States Postal Service program called Rural Free Delivery, which extended the mail service into rural areas. And by then, the Sears catalog had more than 500 pages. Eventually, some editions of the so-called Wish Book would fatten to more than 1,000 pages. And if you're of a certain age, of which I am, I remember sitting with my brothers and sisters paging through the Sears catalog, page after page, looking at Christmas toys and marking them. When Sears went public, In 1906, a single share of Sears stock sold for $97.50. That's more than $2,500 for a share of that stock today. The year that Sears also opened a mail-order distribution center on Chicago's west side, 3 million square feet of floor space, among the largest buildings of its kind in the world. 
and then onward and onward and onward. Sears. I mean, the bulwark of American capitalism, brick-and-mortar prime, has now essentially closed. What would that look like? Sears in bankruptcy. And I don't know. I mean, maybe it's just because I am the age that I am. It sort of stings me a little bit. But to be honest, when was the last time that you were in a Sears store or you bought anything from Sears? For me, I bet it's been two decades. So Sears, the Amazon of its time, is now gone. We'll take a break. Come back. We're going to talk about Jesus is not your cheerleader. Stick around. It's the ride home here on Word FM. WORD. Everywhere you go, anywhere you go, Word FM goes with you. That's because we're no longer trapped inside a radio. We're now everywhere you are, and you carry us around in your pocket. We're ubiquitous. There's an app for that, right? On TuneIn, on iHeart, on our own app, on WordFM.com, on ChristianRadio.com, on the next Radio FM chip. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. The iPhone. On your iPad, iPhone, and Android. We're always with you because we're inside your pocket. Whatever you do, don't lose us. 101.5 WORD. Most executors don't want the job, quite frankly. Attorney Michelle Conti, host of Conti's Law on the importance of proper estate administration. There's a lot of steps that go into settling an estate, and if they don't get it right, not knowing the law isn't a defense to why you didn't do it correctly in the first place. When you pass without appropriate planning, it can be very costly. We see more fractions within families when death and money are involved. If you don't plan appropriately, it's very common siblings don't speak anymore. We act as the mediator for that executor to understand the law. We sit down and go through what probate looks like. Once we go through those steps, we'll assist with getting all of the legal documents, getting you sworn in with the local court and starting that probate process. And then we will act as the mediator with the beneficiaries and the executor. Hear more on Conti's Law, Saturday morning at 9 on WORD. For immediate help, visit Conti Law PGA The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. This is Michael Medved. I'm here with Mike Stahl from Health Markets, helping folks find the right Medicare coverage. The news reports say that the rates might be going down. The cost of many Medicare plans are decreasing this year. So you have to ask yourself, are you getting the best rate? Health Markets offers a free service with access to thousands of Medicare plans. Plans that can eliminate your out-of-pocket costs. Plans with $0 premiums. And even plans that pay you back. What is it people need to keep in mind? With so many new options, it can be confusing. You can get objective help to find a plan that may cost less and cover more. With lower copays, more choices like dental, vision, and prescription drug coverage, and the freedom to see the doctors you choose. Don't miss out on savings you deserve. 
Our Health Markets Medicare assistance is free. Thanks, Mike. This is Michael Medved for Health Markets. Find out if you can get a Medicare plan that pays you back. Call 800-735-8803. That's 800-735-8803. 800-735-8803. If you're wondering how kids can be truly educated when God, Scripture, and prayer are removed from the classroom, well, wonder no more because you have choices nearby and you'll find them on the map at pittsburghchristianschools.net. Pittsburgh Christian School. If you've been a Christian for any length of time, what you'll find sooner or later is that there are a ton of books and seminars and special events that lift Jesus up, uh, maybe from a guy's perspective, Jesus as your coach, your life coach, or from a maybe a a woman's perspective is, you know, Jesus as your cheerleader. Lots of rah, rah, rah. Well, here to talk to us about that is Melissa Kruger. Melissa serves as a woman's ministry coordinator at Uptown Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. She is the author of The Envy of Eve, Finding Contentment in a Covenantous World and Walking with God in the Season of Motherhood. Melissa, welcome to the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So this is excellent. You wrote a piece at the Gospel Coalition called Sisters, Jesus is Not Your Chi Leader. I mean, obviously, uh, your husband, uh, he's working in ministry. You are as well. You've seen this, probably lived this firsthand, that Jesus is the chi leader lifted up, and people follow in and use Jesus as that chi leader. Yes, it's it's really tempting to believe that all the words of Jesus are just encouraging and rah-rah, um, you know, like Tony the Tiger, you're great. <laughs> yeah. And while the Bible does have a wonderful message for us that we are deeply loved and we are deeply pursued by God, it also tells us that we, we you know, have a lot that is lacking. <laughs> yeah. we, we have a real problem um, and that... We actually aren't okay as we are, that we we have a real need, and God offers a way to fulfill that need, but it's premised on the fact that we aren't okay versus the fact that, oh, you're good, you're fine, you know, which is what we can often say to one another. Of course, yeah. So what you're saying is we're missing the sin first and then the forgiveness later. Exactly. And if we don't have a real understanding of our sin. And the fact that it is a problem with God, we're never really going to understand salvation in a way that brings real life change and real joy and thanksgiving on the other side. So it's actually, the more I understand my sin, the more I understand the grace of God. And there's great rejoicing in that. And what do you think that is, Melissa? Why why is it that we're so quick to water down the gospel that we don't want to pay the price? I mean, you know, to even say the word sin for a lot of people is somehow antiquated or anathema, but it's important that we look in the mirror and reflect on our own sin on a daily basis. But um, modern Christian culture in many ways just skips right over it. Yeah, I think we kind of feel like we need to do a PR job for Jesus hmm. and come out and say, hey, he's not a bad guy, he's really nice, let me tell you all this that he did for you. But the reality is we'll never really understand what he did for us if we don't understand the nature of our sin, and that actually God is not pleased with us in the way that we are, that we are not in an okay state. And actually, I mean, as much as we hate to talk about it in today's age, Judgment is actually coming. If you look at the Old Testament stories, essentially they're all stories 
of judgment coming and God always providing a means of salvation. Well, the ultimate means of salvation is Christ himself. And if we don't understand that there's a flood coming or that, you know, there's an army coming or there's destruction coming, we won't understand the nature of our salvation. And so the reality is every single sin that's ever been committed will be paid for. That's what Scripture clearly teaches. It will either be paid for by me or will be paid for by Christ. What a good thing. I can run to the shelter of Jesus Christ, but I don't understand what a shelter he is if I don't really understand the problem of my sin. That's interesting. So do you think this is, I mean, no, no, coming in, I mean, I think guys suffer the same thing in ministry as well, that we are unable or unwilling to hold ourselves accountable and call each other out. But is this, is this a particular thing for just women's ministry, or do you think it runs across you know, both sexes? I think it does run across both sexes completely. I will say I think it, women tend to be, um, we like to be nice. And and that's one of my biggest struggles is I just want to be the nice girl. I don't want to say hard things. <laughs> yeah. And so I kind of just want a nice savior. I don't want to know that he actually says hard things too. Um, and so it, I think it, there is something in us. Um, maybe it's, um, you know, I'm down here in the South, so we're trained from an early age to be nice, you know, to be, to be yeah, and, and that's, and that's something you, obviously we want to be kind and loving to people, but sometimes the most kind thing I can do is actually tell my friend that she has a need. Um, and so that's very different than just being nice. Yeah. Um, which really isn't always loving to the other person. I mean, you think about, uh, who would I think about? Somebody like Beth Moore. I mean, I, you know, um, I don't follow Beth Moore. I know my co-host considers her her best, best friend, although they've never met. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think Beth brings it pretty well. She doesn't sort of candy coat things, mm-hmm. but there are a lot of ministries that do candy coat it. Yeah, I think what Beth Moore does so is she teaches all the words of Jesus. She, you know, if, if you just teach the Bible... You're going to get to all the parts. You're going to hear the wonderful parts, and you're going to hear the uncomfortable parts. And what Beth Moore does is she teaches all of Scripture to all people, and that is what we really just need. If we just focus on what Scripture actually says, the whole bit of it, we're going to be okay. I think then we're going to get to all those parts and have to wrestle with hard parts. And really, I think it will lead ultimately to rejoicing at the at the truth of the gospel that we see in Scripture. Outstanding. Okay, so good. That's just a good reminder then, right? So if you're in a Bible study or if you're in a men's group or a women's group and it's all sort of light and fluffy and no one's putting the hammer down, maybe you need to go someplace else. Yeah. <laughs> That's exactly right. That's uh, exactly right. I would just encourage you to be in any Bible study that teaches the Word. That's good. Um, that teaches scripture more than what someone else is saying about scripture. Find something that helps you dig in. I like it. Melissa, thanks an awful lot. It's a great message. Great. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. Thank you. Melissa Kruger, she is the Women's Ministry Coordinator, Uptown Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. Listen, she's written several fine works uh, The Envy of Eve, Finding Contentment in a Covetous World. Melissa Kruger, K R U G E R. We found her on the Gospel Coalition website, which we also highly recommend. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. 
Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. Great experiences are meant to be shared. How about the experience of a great night's sleep? This is John Hall, and I've been sharing with you about my pillow for a long time. It's truly the most comfortable pillow I've ever owned. It's machine washable, dryable, never loses its shape, and it gives me the support I need no matter what position I'm in. And it comes with Mike Lindell's famous 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. Once you experience my pillow, I'm sure that you'll love it too. And you're going to want to share that great experience with somebody else, which is great because right now you can get two my pillows for the price of one with Mike's buy one, get one free deal. Just call 1-800-961-9207. Mention the promo code word to start enjoying the best sleep of your life or type it in when you visit MyPillow.com. So don't delay. That's 1-800-961-9207. Or visit MyPillow.com. Use the promo code WORD. I get this warm feeling every single time we have special needs patients in our office. Their needs are not that different from anybody else. Spending the time with that patient is very rewarding to me. Exceptional dentistry meets compassionate care at StockFamilyDentistry.com. Why a classical Christian education? Because kids learn differently at different ages. Through grammar, we grasp the building blocks of knowledge. Logic teaches how those building blocks relate. Then rhetoric helps us communicate what we know. For over 50 years, Trinity Christian School has intentionally applied this classical approach to education with great success. It's just one reason why they're consistently ranked among the top K-12 schools in Allegheny County. Trinity Christian School. 412-242-8886. At Grace Wellness Center, our philosophy is that we are called to thrive. We're always called to something bigger, something more. God is calling us, Aki. God is calling us. And you know what? I'm so looking forward to how we'll be able to bless others. I'm going to say this. This show has been such a blessing to me. You know, my wife and kids will only listen to me if my voice is coming out of the radio. (laughs) Is that right? That's right. That's awesome. I can't wait. Maybe some other people will listen to us. Called to Thrive is right here on Word FM every Saturday at 930. Check us out. Join us. How can you be certain God's working in your life? Well, James McDonald has a word just for you. So listen up. You want God to show up bigger than your suffering. You need to have a theology that embraces God's active use of suffering in the life of a Christian, in the life of Paul. This this was God's main guy. And look what he went through. This was the number one missionary in the history of the church. Beaten and scourged and rejected and hassled and harmed. And God's children seem to suffer most. That's Listen Up from James McDonald. You can learn more about cultivating your relationship with God by going to jamesmcdonald.com. Listen Up is a production of Walk in the Word. My reading today, I'm reading about a woman who, um, she lives in Russia. She claims to be the oldest person in the world. She's told the brutality of her deportation into Soviet internal exile by Stalin during World War II. The woman's name is Kula, Kula Istanbulova. 
she claims to be, and this is on her Russian passport and her pension papers, 129 years old. 129. She says that uh, her long life is a punishment from God. And she remembers the one happy day in her life when she returned home after surviving a Stalin purge in World War II and her home was still standing. What is it to be 129? I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. I mean, what kind of records were there 129 years ago that could record her birth, you know, especially in Russia? I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe she truly is 129. But clearly, she is an ancient woman. And if you look online, it's easy to, you know, to find clips of her on YouTube and whatnot where she talks about how difficult her life was and how uh, brutal Stalin was and uh, all the different survivals, the modes that she's had to gone through, where she's eaten rotten, fetid fish to survive and the difficulty of the Chechens and that famous, what she believes is a curse from God, a punishment from God to live so long, 129. I, I mean... You know how it is. You reach a certain age, and clearly none of us will ever see 129. I can't imagine that, although with the coming technical revolution uh, that's happening, maybe that'll be commonplace at some point. But 129? Do you ever reach a point in your life where you go, I've seen enough. I've done enough. I mean, I know that, you know, uh, not my own grandparents, but I've heard of friends' parents and grandparents who are so old and have suffered so long that they do long for the certainty of death to come upon them. And each day that they wake up, they are sad and disappointed that they have not uh, passed throughout the night. But to think that that's a punishment from God, I, I, yeah, that's rough and bitter. But, of course, you can't live and walk in someone else's shoes. Uh, I remember this quote from, from Shakespeare. Uh, I think it's from a play called King John. And Shakespeare wrote this. My crown is in my heart. Not on my head, not decked with diamonds or Indian stones. A crown it is that seldom kings wear. My crown is called content. And as I was reading that story of the woman who was 129 years old, there also came up a story today about the secret to aging well is, not surprisingly, contentment written by a guy who is uh, 88 years old, and he uh, lists himself on his bio as a management consultant. And he talks about, despite having his friends who, who are in their 70s and their 80s and their 90s, he has been slow to respond to contentment. In this piece, The Secret to Aging Well, Contentment, he says, other friends, many whose aching knees and hips are the least of their physical problems, find comfort in their ability to accept old age as just another stage of life to deal with. I word I would use the word, quote, heroic to describe the way that they cope with aging as it drains strength from their minds and bodies, though they would quickly dismiss such a term as an overstatement. One such friendly one such friend recently called from a hospital tell me to tell me of a sudden brain seizure that had rendered him legally blind. He interrupted me as I began telling him how terribly sorry I was and he said, quote, Bob, it could have been worse. I could have become deaf instead of blind. That's good. I don't know. What is it to age gracefully? To age gracefully, especially in the, the, the shadow or in the, the hammer 
of hard physical disability. I've got a, a sister-in-law who is uh, in her early 60s. She has been legally blind. My wife's sister has been legally blind since the age of 21 because of diabetes, because of childhood diabetes. She's led a hard life. But I tell you, she is one of the holiest and perhaps one of the happiest people that I know because in her heart of hearts, she knows the Lord Jesus and she's content. I don't know where that comes from, but when I talk to Susan, I hear the sparkle in her voice and the joy in her life because she knows that she is safe in the hands of God. It's something that's beyond me because I grumble and mumble at the least discontent. I don't know what it is. That contentment, that gift, truly that's a gift from God. Hey, we'll take a break for the top of the hour for news, weather, traffic update. Uh, We're going to talk during the 5 o'clock hour about staying married when you're stuck between needy teens and aging parents. Stick around. It's The Ride Home with John and Kathy here on Word FM. Sharing the word that changes the world. 101.5 WORDFM, Pittsburgh, a service of Salem Media Group. With SRN News, I'm Val Dior. President Trump is praising the governors of Florida, Georgia, as well as Alabama for their response to Hurricane Michael. The president and first lady took a moment to greet the press as they arrived at Florida's Eglin Air Force Base earlier today to meet with Florida's Governor Rick Scott. Right now, talking in Warner Robins, Georgia. The trip gives President Trump his first chance to get a close-up look at the devastation the storm caused along the Florida panhandle. A Spanish government spokeswoman has urged Turkey and Saudi Arabia to launch an open, transparent investigation into the disappearance of Washington Post columnist Jamal Khashoggi nearly two weeks ago. Spain, a longtime commercial ally of the government of Riyadh, is joining growing international concern over the writer who vanished on a visit to the Saudi consulate in Istanbul back on October 2nd. On Wall Street, the Dell down 89. This is SRN News. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Are your credit cards maxed out? Do you owe more than $10,000? Are you juggling your bills only making minimum payments? Credit card companies are playing a dirty trick on you. They want you to think you must pay it all back, and that's simply not true. Credit card companies hate it when we expose their secrets. In fact, there are ways you can become debt-free and you don't have to pay the entire amount you owe. National Debt Relief offers programs that help you escape overwhelming 
credit card debt. National Debt Relief has helped tens of thousands of people just like you reduce more than $1 billion of debt. National Debt Relief has earned an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. They're also the number one rated debt relief program by top consumer reviews and top 10 reviews. Don't declare bankruptcy or take out a consolidation loan. Settle your debt for a mere fraction of what you owe. Call National Debt Relief now at 800-645-1660. More Americans have access to health care, yet are paying more than ever in out-of-pocket and prescription costs. Take control of your health at the 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, Friday, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. A presentation of the Pittsburgh North Regional Chamber. The fair is free and open to the public. From 2 to 7, browse local vendors, hear insights from leading experts, and get your flu shot. Provided by St. Barnabas Health. The 2018 Health and Wellness Fair, October 26th at Ross Park Mall. Details at pghnorthchamber.com. You shield my head in the day of battle. Amen? Amen. Based on the true story of an Army chaplain and his wife. I only stand before you today because Jesus is my rock and because I have a family who loves and believes in me. One marriage, one family under God. It made me uh, appreciate family more. The theme of redemption was just so powerful. If that couple can find hope, I think we all can. Indivisible, rated PG-13, maybe an appropriate for children under 13. In theaters October 26th. For tickets and showtimes, go to IndivisibleMovie.com. Showers will linger past nightfall in some areas, especially in the laurels. Otherwise, brisk winds will diminish as skies clear tonight, and it'll be turning colder with a low 34. It'll stay chilly tomorrow despite a good deal of sunshine. High will be 52. Clouds will increase late tomorrow night with a low near 40. Variably cloudy and chilly for Wednesday. I will be near 50. It'll stay chilly despite sunshine Thursday. I'm AccuWeather meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Welcome to another edition of The Ride Home on 101.5 Word FM. And now here are your hosts, John Hall and Kathy Emmons. Hey, good afternoon. Greetings. Thanks for coming along today, the Monday edition of The Ride Home. So I was on vacation all last week, and uh, Kath is catching up with some of her um, her life chores. So she's taking today off and tomorrow as well, it looks like. So we're playing tag team for a few days. Mike's here. Cause Mike's always the consistent uh, new Mike. Mike, thanks for being with us here and uh, holding down the fort. Good to be here, John. Thank you. So this time last week, I talked about this briefly during the 4 o'clock hour. This time last week, a Monday afternoon, I was uh, standing... Uh, on the beach in Florida, thanks to the generosity and kindness of a good friend who just essentially gave me his, uh, gave me, uh, me and my wife his beach condo. It was 91 degrees and sunny. 91. And most of the week last week, and quite honestly, uh, despite the horror and the huge destruction of Hurricane Michael, we missed that. It did not affect uh, our time on the beach. Uh, certainly, uh, we've all seen those photos of, uh, Holy smokes, uh, the complete and utter devastation. It's horrible. It surely is horrible. Uh, but there we were, my wife and I, for the f- we had our first vacation together alone in a long time. I mean, it's been a long time. You know uh, how it is. Uh, money's tight. You're raising your kids. Busy. All those kind of things. Everybody knows that drill. But um, we were able to unplug. And man, what a gift that is. <laughs> Holy smokes. I don't know. I mean, I do believe, and I know some people might disagree with this, but I do believe that vacations are a necessity, not a luxury. Um, And it was just a great gift that came our way because I think all of us, we all dream 
a far way. I, I don't know about you, but I, I love to go travel. And if you get the opportunity to visit places and, uh, you know, whether it's Florida or Istanbul, it's just nice to go and to be out of your regular, you know, existence and sort of shake things up a little bit. I don't know. A vacation is, is having nothing to do all day and to do it, which we did to the uh, our heart's content. And like all vacations, I think it just goes much too quick. But man, given my druthers, uh, I, I would, I could, I think, I believe, happily live somewhere on the beach. I mean, that's a dream. It's a pipe dream. And I know that, you know, reality always crashes in because I guess familiarity breeds contempt. That's true, right? That you would get sort of sick of the beach. You know, it's special when you can plug in. But every time you go to the beach, I mean, every time, every time I go to the beach, I have this conversation with myself. Could you do this? Could you stay here? Could you, what would that be like? How do you make a living, you know, living on the beach and living in a beach community? And is that too weird? And what about the people who live there? And, uh, you know, what, what, what kind of environment does that create in people? Is that somehow uh, an opportunity for more discontent or more heart sickness? I, I don't know. But, I, you know, look, all you got to do is look at um, what HGTV. One of my favorite shows is those people who do that, you know, that fantasy thing where they finally reach a certain age and certain income and they go, I'm going to go buy a place at the beach. And, and that's that. My wife says, you know, you're crazy. Absolutely not. Could I live at the beach? Absolutely not. And I'm like, what? Let's try it. We could try it someday, maybe. Would that be, oh, you know, <laughs> not that would ever happen because, you know, the income has to be, uh, you know, much, much higher than my income here. But to think about that, to dream about that, I, I always dig that. The only thing I would worry about is if I had a house down there, I would make sure to get at least two houses, one there. In and Florida, one here. And one here. In case. In case, you, you know, yeah. Hurricane Michael round two or yeah, what have you. I mean, that's a good point, Mike, because, of course, you'd always live in fear that your house would just get you know crushed. Right. Right. There's a, an article in the paper today about a, a guy who created uh, what he considered to be the ultimate beach house. Now, this guy was a, uh, he was a physician, so he had the means to do this. But he built this house just a couple of years ago. And when you look at the aerial footage of Mexico Beach, which is the landfall for Hurricane Michael, I mean, all around is devastation. And then there's one house standing. What? And it's this guy's house. I mean... You know, there's specific building codes that have to be met that the state of uh, Florida has put together for such such cases as these hurricanes. Well, he went way, way, way beyond it. The only thing that broke, so to speak, in this guy's house were the stairs because this thing is on like these concrete pillars that are embedded down into the surf. Right. The only thing that fell away from the house were the stairs that went from the beach up to the guy's house. And those were, in fact, designed to do so, so they didn't crash into the rest of the house. Wow. But you look at it. This place That's is impressive. It is impressive. And it's pristine. And, you know, he said he looked at the place, uh, satellite photos, I'm sure like everybody did right. whenever they saw the devastation of their neighborhood. And he was so proud that his house was still standing. That's amazing. I, I think the house... I think the house costs somewhere in the neighborhood of $450,000. That's, wow. you know, I mean, it's a lot of money, of course, but you know, if you're a physician, you have the wherewithal and the, the engineering expertise that you're able to hire the right people to, to do the right thing. Uh, it's cool that such a thing can exist, right? That, you know, the science is there yeah. that can make something to withstand an almost category five hurricane. And you know, those poor people that decided to ride it out. 
maybe this will be the thing. I mean, I, I get why people do that. I understand that. I mean, as folly as it is, because how many people have yet to be discovered or will probably never be discovered? They're saying that somewhere upwards of 280 plus people decided to ride it out in that neighborhood. And some people, I guess, their bodies will be washed away and they'll never be found. Um, God bless them. I mean, how terrifying a way to go to your death, to be surrounded by that chaos. God bless them. Anyway, we had a vacation. In the midst of all that all that insanity, all those high winds, my wife and I had a really good time. And I don't know. I mean, like I said in the beginning here, it's been a long time. A long, long time. Many, 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 many years since my wife and I were able to <laughs> – I just laugh at it. I mean, because, you know, how many times we, we sat on the beach and we're just having a conversation. And we left our phones at the house. We had no um, interruption. We had nothing but each other. You didn't get my text? No, Mike, I did not. And I, I do not apologize for it. Oh. I'm really glad for it. But we had nothing but each other. And, you know, we've been married for a long time. And to be able to sit on the beach and reconnect with each other and talk and just, you know, just talk about whatever. I loved it. I loved it so much. So I'm grateful for that time away. Anyway, um, we'll take a break, come back. And, oh, we're going to talk about, about marriage when we come back. How to stay married when you're stuck between needy teens and aging parents. I figured it was a topic uh, that uh, was, oh, yeah. Thanks for that, Mike. So it's a rainy Monday. It's, isn't it the hardest day? You know how it is. No matter if you go to away on vacation or you do a staycation, which I've done plenty of those and happy to do it, that first day back, that's rough, isn't it? It's rough to come back from vacation, even on a rainy Monday in almost chilly Pittsburgh. Your story of faith and spiritual growth is an important one. And here at Word FM, we're interested in hearing how this station has made a direct and positive impact on your life. It gives me inspiration and hope. It's our wish that what you hear from us positively affects you and your family. And we would love for you to tell us about it. It's really encouraging to me. Whenever I need to be uplifted, there's something on to uplift me. So visit wordfm.com slash story. Record a video message and share your story with us. For doing that, you'll be eligible to win a grand prize of an Apple iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. It's encouraging. It's inspiring and it lifts me up when I'm having a bad day. Visit wordfm.com story and share your video. Change furnace filters. Check. Change smoke detector batteries. Check. Install CO2 detector. Check. Make sure the furnace is ready in good working condition. When you have Pellis Heating and Cooling Service your system, Check. You're ready for anything. And be confident knowing a Pellis Tech is available 24 hours a day in case of emergencies. With after-hour calls, return within 30 minutes. Keep your family comfortable with a comfortable family company. Pellis, P-E-L-L-E-S, at PellisHVAC.com. Marley Financial has done it again. These guys are just fantastic. 
This is Kathy Emmons. Many of you know or have worked with our friend Todd Marley at Marley Financial, and you know they were the first and still the best option for individual health insurance, providing both traditional and non-Obamacare plans. But now they're also offering the best group health plans in the nation with typical savings of up to 40%. Small, medium, and even large groups, Marley's got you covered, giving you and your employees access to national networks where you can go to any hospital, Highmark, UPMC, Mayo Clinic, or even Johns Hopkins. Marley gives you the power to choose what's best for you and your employees, whether they're W-2 or 1099 subcontractors, without the usual headaches of things like minimum participation or employer contributions. Call Marley Financial now, 724-884-1496. That's 724-884-1496. And find out what it's like to work with the most innovative agency in Pennsylvania. 724-884-1496 at MarleyFG.com. The day after Thanksgiving, feed your soul. Join Amen to Action as we come together to sing, pray, celebrate, and pack one million meals of hope for the hungry. It's Friday, November 23rd at the David L. Lawrence Convention Center. Doors open at 8 a.m. and all faiths and ages are welcome. Come fill your heart with joy and one million plates of food right here in Pittsburgh. To register, go to amentoaction.org. What gives one company the edge over another? Maybe it's not one thing. Maybe it's taking care of lots of things that help a business run smoothly. In other words, Cintas. Cintas has products that help your people stay safe and apparel programs that convey the right image. They service fire protection equipment, deliver and stock restroom supplies, and make sure facilities are clean and ready. Because when all those things work together, you're in business. Oh, I'm ready! Get Cintas and get ready for the workday. Train up children in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. Visit PittsburghChristianSchools.net to discover godly teachers and great classmates near you. That's PittsburghChristianSchools.net. PittsburghChristianSchools.net. Marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. That is from the movie The Princess Bride. Thank you, Mike, our producer, for that. Okay, so if you've been married for a certain amount of years, right, you, you, you age into middle or old age, and for a lot of us, you become caregivers of your parents. Well, here to talk to us about that is Dorothy Littell Greco. Dorothy is the author of Making Marriage Beautiful. She and her husband have been married for 27 years. She wrote a terrific piece at Christianity Today called How to Stay Married When You're Stuck Between Needy Teens. Dorothy, welcome to the show. How are you today? Hi, John. Thanks for asking me to be on. It's yeah, good to be here. My pleasure. Thank you. So, Dorothy, um, I've already done what you've described in your article uh, about caring for my uh, parents as they were passing away. But I just want to sit back and have you tell your story about the time that you were at an event and you were ready to speak, and then the phone rang. Yes. Yeah, so I'm not a cell phone person, and I almost always have it turned off, but this time I had left it on, and literally I was just stepping to the podium, and the phone rang, and I recognized my cousin's number, and she never calls me, so... I ducked out for a moment, took the call, and she relayed that my father had an accident and was heading into emergency surgery. So, um, you know, I don't know if you can imagine that scenario, but needless to say, it was not my best presentation I'm ever. Sure. Yes. Um, 
And as soon as I was done, I kind of explained to the group what happened and uh, drove home, packed a suitcase, and immediately drove down to New Jersey where my dad lives. And what had happened was it was during his last cancer treatment, and the aide had forgotten to lower the table, and he fell off and mm. broke his femur. Ouch. And um, then went into, uh, as, as he was coming out of surgery, he went into sepsis. And what that led to was um, four months of... A, you know, long-term rehab work, multiple surgeries, and me, of course, driving back and forth between Boston and New Jersey pretty much every weekend. So it was a long season until he was able to finally do enough work um, to prove that he was capable of going home, and that was his main request. He had been in the same house for 50 years. It was a house that his his grandfather had built. Wow. And more than anything else, what he wanted was to, to go home to finish out his life. Yeah. So thank goodness that you were able to do that, right? I mean, that's a blessing. It's difficult. That's my own experience as well. As difficult as it is to care for your aging parents mm-hmm. and the heartache and the driving and just all that. I mean, even the fights and the struggles with your parents themselves, it's a blessing you're able to do that. Yes, I agree. It was, it was a precious time, although incredibly stressful. So uh, in your article, you say that uh, Pew Research says that 68% of adults between the age of 40 and 59 have at least one parent, 65 or over. And of that group, 55% are already providing some form of help to both a parent and or one of their own children. I mean, talk about juggling. Uh, it's busy just to care for your own life, let alone, you know, let alone taking care of your children, especially teenagers who need extra care and an aging parent. That's a, just a heck of a lot of work. Yes, it is, and increase, that number is only going to go up as the you know this demographic um, gets larger and people continue to live longer. And um, do you have children too? I do. I have an eighteen and a twenty year old. Yeah, so you you know know from recent memory that those years of um, getting them successfully through high school onto whatever's next, whether that's you know that they start in the trades or that they go into college. I, I mean, what we found with all three of our kids is that that's among the most stressful time of parenting. Yes, undoubtedly, because, you know, really, I mean, it's one thing to to hang out with your toddlers, but it's a whole other thing to try to, you know, get on the rails with your teens and make sure that they're safe and that there's direction here. You just know how it is. I mean, you know, raising teenager kids, especially in today's day and day and age, is very difficult. Yes. Yeah, that's absolutely what we found. So you talk about this in the article. You talk about needing clear boundaries as you go through this period. And and I love the idea, you know, of you driving back and forth from Boston to New Jersey. And I do this myself. You know, um, there's so much going on in your head as you're trying to juggle schedules between parents and children that I don't want to listen to anything. I just need to sit in solitude and drive. And I find that I have clear thought then. Yes, though there were times, I have to admit, that I, I got into a space where I was crying so hard that I actually had to pull over uh, in order to be safe because there were certain situations, certain things that were going on with my dad that were just very emotional for me. Um, but definitely having that space, it was like a five-hour drive, if I timed it correctly, to really just be present to what I was feeling and to be present to the Holy Spirit um, rather than simply rushing off to the next thing or popping at a podcast, certainly helped me to process what was going on. Yeah. Now, I, I don't know if this happened to you, but th- this happened to me. My father died, uh, boy, 20 years before my mother died. And, uh, oh. and we did not handle, I did not handle my father's death well. I, essentially, he was looking for um, some sort of... Um, 
affirmation from me. And uh, like a lot of guys, you know, we had a difficult relationship. And I kind of, not kind of, I did ignore him. And when he died, I mean, I still carry that to this day. And he's been gone for a long, he's been gone for over 35 years. And and so I I learned from that. Uh, I thought, well, that was really, John, you did not honor your father. And that's what he was looking for. So when my mother was dying, I made a point. I mean, I I sat with her. We had long conversations. Um, it was a different way that I recognized her and encouraged her and loved her than I did with my father. And I, and I, you know, I guess that, you know, that's the blessing, right? You learn from your mistakes and what I did not do well with my father, I did well with my mother. And I, and I don't know if that, you know, when you look back at, you know, the way that your father, uh, went through his final years, there were certainly lessons there that were good for you as an adult child. Yes, and you know, first, just let me say, I'm really sorry about happen, what happened between you and your father. Me too. I can imagine that that would, for me, that would eat at me for a long time. It still does, so, yeah. Yeah, so I pray the Lord's grace and forgiveness on you as you continue to process that. I think with, as I talk about in the article, so my dad struggled with alcoholism for uh, about a decade during the time when I was in middle school, high school, and early college. And, you know, anybody who's who's had a parent who deals with um alcohol or drug abuse, that sort of thing, it really, you know, messes with the family. And, you know, up until I would say probably 10 years ago, I think that I had some pretty deep scars from the choices that my dad made. So as he was approaching the end of his life, it was clear, you know, I really was tuning into some things that he was saying, like he was asking questions about, um, you know, have I been a good father? And I, I knew from previous conversations that he could not go into the space of really dealing with the things that he did wrong. And that's what I wished. I wished, you know, before the end of his life that he could have said, Dorothy, I'm really sorry for all the ways that my alcoholism has hurt you. But he never could say that. And I think that, you know, as we enter into this phase with our with our adult parents, we we don't really understand or we fail to understand that they can be really insecure and really needy of us. And that's a total role reversal. But if we really pay attention and understand, you know, the fragility that some of them carry into their final days, I think that we can really choose to bless them and honor them. Um, You know, the night before my father died, my husband and I got a call from, his neighbor, and he said, you know, I don't think your dad is doing doing very well. So we, you know, changed our plans, drove down there, and spent that that final evening with him. And before he fell asleep, we prayed for him. We actually anointed him with oil, and I, you know, said, you know, all the, all the good things that I could think of that were being, <laughs> to be honest, to yeah. say to him, you're a good father. Um, these are the things that I really appreciate about you, and, and I love you. And I meant it. Yes. You know, there was no, I wasn't faking it. I really meant it. And he died um, in his sleep that next morning. So good, right? So there's, in some ways, closure, if whatever that might yeah. mean. Yeah. I mean, isn't it fragile? It's such a, to go through that process, and, and you know, it's so shocking to, to go through that process. It's beautiful and at what point. Mm-hmm. It's also yep. scary. Uh, yep. It's heartbreaking. Um, but uh, 
So, you know, you talk about this in your article. Uh, I should say we're talking with Dorothy Greco about st- how to stay married when you're stuck between needy teens and aging parents. You talk about, you know, when people get married and um, the pastor or the officiant will say, well, all, all of you witnessing these promises do all in your power to uphold these two persons in their marriage. And everybody says, you know, we will. And, and it just goes well beyond that, right? So whether there's a newlywed couple in their 20s or an old man or an old woman in their 80s and beyond, that it's important that those promises are upheld. Yes, and I think it's easy for us to forget that those people have made that promise to us. And perhaps for some of us, it's really hard to ask for help. You know, we like to be um, very self-contained and we like to be strong individuals. And I think that that's particularly uh, characteristic for Americans. But I think when we get into these places, like, we have to be willing to be vulnerable and just to just, you know, acknowledge, I can't do all this. I mean, I was asking so many people for help for everything from um, getting the dog walked to bringing my son home from school. Um, I just couldn't do everything that life was asking of me in that season. And it was really a mercy to me that the Lord, I felt like, kept you know, directing and encouraging me, ask for help, ask for help. And and that was really one of the many gifts that I got out of this Mm -hmm. season. And what about on the other side? There's your father, and he's, you know, sort of fending for himself. But then you've got your teenagers at home. I'm sure that there's a lot of tension and a lot of questions and maybe fear as well when your teenager's life as their grandfather's dying. Yes, and my boys were all um, quite close to my father. Um, you know, I grew up in a family with all girls, so I think it was there was there was a little bit of redemption in the whole thing for my dad that he got to kind of have three sons. Hmm. Um, we had very open conversations with the boys. I think our youngest son, who was 15 at the time, really did have some pretty significant fears about death and what does that mean. Um, so this gave us the opportunity to have conversations with him. Um, but yes, in terms of did I drop balls during that time period? Oh my gosh, John, I can't even tell you. You know, I was I felt like I was constantly apologizing to my sons for anything from, you know, not having groceries in the refrigerator to not logging into their portals and communicating with their teachers. Yeah, it was it was not my best parenting season. Yeah. But such is life, right? It is a season. Yeah. So in the midst of it all, um, and again, I, I, from my own experience, I was not a believer when my father was dying. But when I, my mother was, yes, I was very clearly a believer. And I prayed for her and with her as she passed away. What about your dad? What, what was the experience like as your father knew that you were a believer? Was he as well? You know, I didn't grow up in a, in a believing household. So we were um, went to Presbyterian Church, but it was really more about the social component of church than it was about the spiritual comp- component. Yeah. So. During that first week where my dad was, you know, sort of in between death and life when the doctor didn't know if he was going to make it, one of the things I said to him was, do you feel secure about what's going to happen to you if you do pass away? And he said, no. And so I said, well, you know, we have had many conversations about what it means to follow Jesus, and do you feel ready to to pray and to invite Jesus into your life? And so we, in the hospital room, he had tubes, you know, just about in every part of his body, um, we did pray for him to become a Christian. So that really was a huge gift. <laughs> that sure is. It really is. Fabulous. So your father in heaven with the Lord. Yes. Yes, at the end of, you know, after 83 years of resisting. <laughs> <laughs> That's the 11th hour, Dorothy, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So 
as you leave us, what's the, what's the wisdom here? I mean, I, you know, I know people are listening right now and, th- and nodding their head and thinking, that's me, that's where I am right now. Uh, is there some little nugget you have for somebody who is through this season that you and I have gone through? I think to realize that this is a sacred opportunity that really is one of those moments that, you know, people describe it as liminal, that the space between heaven and earth feels um, truncated or it's easier to get through. I, I definitely experienced it. It was a very holy time um, between me and the Lord and between my dad and me. Um, so to be on the lookout for those things, to be to really do your spiritual work so um, folks don't have the kind of experience that you did where they have regrets about what they didn't say. It does take a lot of, I think, humility and a lot of um, courage to be able to speak into our parents' lives as they're dying, but I really do think that um, they receive it deeply, and it allows us to really demonstrate love and honor to them. That's good, Dorothy. Hey, thanks enough a lot. I really enjoyed the conversation. Yes, me too. I feel like this could go on for a long time. Yes, you're the best. Thanks an awful lot. Uh, Dorothy Greco, uh, she's the author of Making Marriage Beautiful. She's written a wonderful piece at Christianity Today, How to Stay Married When You're Stuck Between Needy Teens and Aging Parents. Uh, Dorothy Littell Greco, Making Marriage Beautiful. Hey, stick around. we got a lot more ahead. It's the uh, Monday edition of The Ride Home with John and Kathy, minus Kathy on this uh, chilly, rainy Monday. You know the moment. The workday is over. Your daily responsibilities have been met. The shoes slip off and you lie back. It's that end of day. Ah, That's the relief you'll feel when you rest on the body-soothing serenity made locally at the Original Mattress Factory. Relief from middleman markups and a hard day's work. The Original Mattress Factory. Thoughtfully made. Honestly priced. OriginalMattress.com Did you know that when you buy a mattress from a retail store, that mattress is being sold for the second time? What do I mean? Well, the manufacturer sells the mattress to the retailer, who in turn sells it to you with costs and markups for both parties. At the Original Mattress Factory, we have our own factory right here at our store. So the mattress you buy is being sold for the first and only time. That's why our prices are hundreds less than the mainstream mattress brands. Stop by one of our factory locations or visit us at OriginalMattress.com to see for yourself. Rising premiums, increased deductibles, network providers, health insurance can be very confusing, and you need to make an informed decision. For help with your health insurance or Medicare needs, call Brian Rotter from Health Markets Insurance at 412-738-1927. Brian is a trusted agent who can work with you to get the best plan to protect you and your family. That's Brian Rotter from Health Markets Insurance at 412-738-1927. Call now. Hi, I'm John Henney from Henney Jewelers. Since 1887, my family has helped people celebrate the most memorable moments in their lives. We are rooted in faith and commit to doing the right thing again and again. We believe in the covenant of marriage and use our To Have and To Hold program to encourage couples as they prepare to spend the rest of their lives together. Please stop into our Shadyside store to learn more or visit HennyJewelers.com. Henny Jewelers, your jewelers for life.
You know, you send your kid off to college and you think, who are they going to intersect with? What's that new circle of friends like? Uh, to be honest, uh, I went and saw my boy freshman year. He was super excited because one of his new buddies was from Colorado. Another guy he digs was from Alaska. So it surprised me because I thought, well, you know, Grove City, it's got to be small. It's drawing specifically just from the western Pennsylvania area. But the truth is, they're, I know. It's, it's national. I know. I was surprised by that, too. My my daughter, on her floor, she has somebody from Hawaii and somebody from Puerto Rico. And in this, uh, in this uh, reading group she's involved in, the girl that runs it, the young woman, is from China. Nice. Okay, so, so it's geographically diverse, but also it's Christian diverse. You don't have to go to Grove City College and, you know, cross your T's and dot your I's of your theology. Right. You don't have to have a background in a particular denomination Mm-mm. to go. I mean, look, what I've seen from a parent's perspective after having a child there for a year is that they encourage kids to think. Yeah. The faculty encourage kids to not leave behind the theology that they've grown up with, not at all, but to take grow that theology further. that they've grown with and grow further no and to under perhaps understand that theology better than they had before. Yep. Okay, so full disclosure, both Kath and I have kids that go to Grove City College. That's why we're talking about it right now. We love it. It's a wide sweep, a lot of diversity, a lot of people from different regions of the country, yeah. theologically as well. If you're thinking about Grove City College, we'd highly recommend you check it out. Look for it online, gcc.edu. Showers will linger past nightfall in some areas, especially in the laurels. Otherwise, brisk winds will diminish as skies clear tonight, and it'll be turning colder with a low 34. It'll stay chilly tomorrow despite a good deal of sunshine. High will be 52. Clouds will increase late tomorrow night with a low near 40. Variably cloudy and chilly for Wednesday. I will be near 50. It'll stay chilly despite sunshine Thursday. I'm AccuWeather Meteorologist Frank Strait on 101.5 Word FM. Okay, Neil, we can see you coming down the ladder now. Okay, I just checked uh, getting back up to that first step. Uh, it's not uh, not collapsed too far. Roger, we copy. Hey, pretty good little jump. I'm going to step off the lamp now. That's one small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That's fabulous, isn't it, Jilton? 1969. That's Neil Armstrong, of course, the first foot on the lunar surface. So uh, the movie, First Man, starring Ryan Gosling, who plays Neil Armstrong in the film, opened this week. And apparently, uh, from what I'm reading, disappointing because it only uh, pulled in uh, number three at the box office. I got to be honest, uh, I am highly uh, excited about seeing this movie. Now, I was a kid in uh, the late 60s, so I remember in vivid detail uh, Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo, and I remember exactly where I was watching television in my parents' living room as a kid as Neil Armstrong and Buzz Aldrin walked in the moon. I mean, it was, it just, I just was crazy over the top in love with the entire space race. Just so I'm really looking forward to this. Now, unfortunately, the film has garnered some some controversy because they do not show the American flag as it's planted on the lunar surface. Um, you know what? I haven't seen the film. 
Uh, to me, I do know that, uh, and, and this is no spoilers because I've, I've chosen not to read about the film at length because I just want to watch the film. But the American flag is seen at various times, you know, on the astronauts' um, uh, uniforms and whatnot throughout the film. So it's, I don't believe that the filmmakers were essentially trying to exclude, you know, America first from the narrative, even though, you know, they did say for all mankind. But of course, right, America first. We were, we did have the, the bravery and the technical prowess and all those chutzpah to allow us to beat the Russians to, to have that truly a miracle of planting that foot on lunar soil with limited technological resources that were available to, to the space mission in 1969. 50 years. I mean, almost 50 years. And still, we've yet to go back after that ended, the, the missions ended in the, the early 1970s. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to this film. And I hope that, uh, hope that everybody goes to see it and supports it because it is really important to, to look at historical films and to engage your children in this conversation. I've got an 18-year-old, and he's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go check this out. He was not interested in seeing <laughs> – I think it's pretty good. He's not interested, interested in seeing uh, A Star is Born, which I have yet to see. And again, I, I'm going to go see that as well because I love movies. Mike, uh, do you have any interest at all? Now, I, you know, I definitely want to go see First Man. Yeah. I, I still remember the first time I went out with my dad, and he bought me a telescope for Christmas. And it was freezing. Yeah. And I remember the first time I looked at a star through through a telescope, and that got me hooked. Yeah, it's fascinating, isn't so it? I definitely want to go see that. Um, a Star is Born? Yeah. Uh, uh, Bradley, nah. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga, right? I'm a fan of Bradley Cooper. He's a great actor. Um, I, I just not. I just that movie doesn't interest me. I'm gonna go see it. Yeah. I mean, well, look. I mean, because it goes back. I mean, Stars Born. Uh, this is, I think, the fourth remake of the movie. So, yeah, I want to see it. Just this is because, the fourth remake. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So, yeah, I need to go see it uh, just because. But I'm gonna go see, and I'm gonna go see First Man in yeah. uh, at, at IMAX. Yeah. I mean, I don't rarely see a film in IMAX, but if you're gonna see a film in IMAX, this has got to be the did one. Did you see the other three versions of A Star Is Born? Oh yeah. You did. Yeah. So you're gonna get to compare this. Oh yeah, sure. Why not? You know. Yeah. Of course. They're playing. I think they're playing the uh, Judy Garland version of the Star Is Born on Turner Classics. Really? Yeah. Which is what we're, what we're seeing now. You know, I know Kath. She poo poos it all. She is, she is not a fan. But uh, yeah, yeah. A, as a fan of the movies, I'm looking forward to it. I'll be interested to hear your take on the fourth. Uh, the, on the fourth. The new uh, version. The new version. Yeah. I like Bradley Cooper. I do too. He's a great actor. Um, Lady Gaga. I would not know Lady Gaga if I fell over her on the street. To be honest, I really, I just really? have no no connection to her whatsoever. I don't either. You know, so I mean, you know, I'm not I'm not saying a negative thing about her because right. I don't know her. But okay, I'm going to go see the film anyway. There you go. Anyway, take a break. Come back. Uh, this is interesting to me. Beatific vision. Why we misunderstand the beatific vision. What is that? Gavin Ortland, who's a regular on our show, he'll join us in just a few minutes. Stick around. It's the, the ride home here at Word FM. One oh 
101.5 WORD. Your story of faith and spiritual growth is an important one. Here at Word FM, we're interested in hearing how this station has made a direct and positive impact on your life. It's our wish that what you hear from us positively affects you and your family, and we would love for you to tell us about it. Visit wordfm.com using the keyword story. Record a video message and share your story with us. For doing that, you'll be eligible to win a grand prize of an Apple iPad Pro and an Apple Pencil. Visit wordfm.com and use the keyword story for details and to share your video. You're a good mom. You've tried every parenting tip in the book, but nothing seems to stick. Your child is smart, but just can't sit still and focus. Or maybe you know that something is just off. If your child just can't do things you think he should be able to, there is a reason. Brain Balance can help. For over 10 years, the Brain Balance program has helped kids just like yours. This customized program doesn't just mask your child's issues, but gets to the root of the problem. If your child is not making friends, is disruptive in school, or life just seems a lot harder than it needs to be, it's not that he's not trying. He just can't change what he can't control. The Brain Balance Program can help. If you feel your child falling further and further behind in school, don't wait. Call your local center today and find out how Brain Balance can build the strong foundation your child needs for a brighter future. Visit BrainBalance.com for the center nearest you. Homeowners, do you need cash right now? Call the Cash Out Refinance Hotline today at 1-800-400-8298. Need cash to pay off high-interest credit cards? No problem. Need cash to pay for college tuition? No problem. Need cash to pay for home improvements? No problem. Homeowners can call right now and get fast cash for any reason, even if your credit score is less than perfect. If you are current on your monthly mortgage payments and need cash right now, call the Cash Out Refinance Hotline and get the money you need. We have access to some of the lowest available interest rates. This special Cash Out Hotline may only be available for a limited time. Homeowners are urged to call now and find out for free how much cash you qualify for. Call 1-800-400-8298. That's 1-800-400-8298. Total Mortgage Services, LLC, is an equal housing lender. NMLS number 2764. Not available in all states. Additional restrictions may apply. Offer subject to eligibility. Not all who call will qualify. Call for terms and conditions. I have never had a female dentist. I started to have problems with a tooth, and I thought, you know what? I'll just go once. David remembers his first visit with Dr. Megan Stock. I had such a good time that I'm surprised they allowed me to come back because I had a lot of things that needed to be fixed. She makes you feel so calm and so comfortable. She's just terrific at what she does. I have had no discomfort at all with anything that she's done. Perry Highway in Wexford at StockFamilyDentistry.com. You know, they say the best is yet to come. But to make that true for your retirement, you need a plan. We'll start by tuning in for Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane with Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10. Kurt and Ethan can help simplify the retirement planning process. No technical terms or calculations, no product pushing, just the information you need for retirement. Don't miss Your Retirement Blueprint with Kurt Kenotic and Ethan Lane of Accurate Solutions Group every Saturday morning at 10 right here on 101.5 Word FM. Christianity is fascinating. I mean, there's so many aspects of it that, uh, I mean, I could study forever and ever and ever and, and not even touch a, a tiny piece of the knowledge that's so deep 
in the work of Jesus Christ on this wor- on this earth and in heaven. Uh, Gavin Ortland is with us. He's a senior pastor of the uh, First Baptist Church in California. Uh, Gavin, I'm sorry. How are you, sir? Hey, doing well. Good. How are you, John? Good, good. So, Gavin, you wrote this piece, and and I'm not even sure if I'm going to pronounce this right. Why we misunderstand the beatific vision? Is that it? It's yeah. It's the beatific. Beatific. So. I got to be honest. I mean, I know nothing. I know nothing of this. So please tell me, what is a beatific vision? Yeah, sure. Yeah, well, it's just a term that theologians have used to describe when uh, the saints will see God's glory in heaven. So um, the word beatific is kind of an old-fashioned word, but um, it basically means happy. So something that makes you happy is beatific. So this idea is that um, when we get to heaven, one of the experiences we'll have is kind of like what Moses experienced in Exodus 33. Oh, I see. Where he um, he says, you know, show me your glory. And God says, well, I can't show you my face because no one can see my face and live. So he puts Moses in the cleft in the rock and is, he says he, he causes his goodness to pass by. And Moses sees his back, but not his face. Well, a lot of theologians have looked at all these verses in the Psalms and in Revelation about how uh, the upright shall behold God's face, and um, uh, we will we will behold God's glory. And they've said that you know in heaven we'll have the ultimate experience of that, and it's the ultimate happiness to see God's glory and majesty. So. Pretty amazing, mind-boggling concept. Yes, yes. So then, just as this happened to Moses, then are you saying that there have been other saints, other people who have had some same, what, encounter with maybe engaging in the face of God? Well, that's what some theologians have said. There was one of the Church Fathers who said there are only two people who have experienced something like this prior to heaven. So what most would say is, you know, in heaven, everyone will experience this. We'll see God's glory uh, in, a, in this pr- amazing, profound way. But um, Augustine said that Moses experienced that a little bit in this life, in Exodus 33. And then he also said that the Apostle Paul experienced something like that when he is talking about getting caught up to heaven at the end of Second Corinthians, there's this passage about how he saw things that he's not permitted to tell. Um, so Augustine said that he thinks Paul had some kind of anticipation of this experience too. And I'll be honest, I do not understand, <laughs> yeah. you know, fully what all is involved with that. But we do have these little clues in Scripture that seem to say there's something that we will experience in heaven, that we're actually encountering God in this incredible way, um, and that uses the language of sight to describe it, you know, seeing God's face, which is pretty amazing. Yes, So, but in heaven, but not on earth. That's right. Well, that's, and, and you see that there with Moses, because uh, the passage says, uh, no one can see God's face and live, and so that's why it's just God's back, it says. And this is, obviously, God doesn't have a literal back, it's a, a metaphor, but in some way God is not uh, is sort of shielding Moses from the full experience of his glory. So in this life, it looks like we can't absorb God's glory fully. Um, it would just destroy us. <laughs> yes. And... Uh, 
C.S. Lewis had a great metaphor for that. He said it's not that as though you know God is is dangerous or threatening to us. It's just that He's so beautiful and so glorious. It's kind of like a a waterfall is threatening to a, a mosquito. Um, not not because the waterfall's angry or something, but just because it's so powerful and a mosquito is so tiny. Yes. And he said, in the same way, God's glory is so powerful, we just can't take it all in in this life. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. I mean, God in his infinite power and creativity is too much for for us to comprehend. Yes, exactly. And I think, you know, one thing that helped me with this, because I feel like I'm just a beginner in trying to wrap my brain around this, is that it is different from seeing Jesus in heaven. You know, we will have that experience, too, where we uh, see the, the risen, uh, glorified, ascended Christ, and we can, you know, see the holes in his, in his wrists and feet like, like Thomas and the other disciples did. But when people talk about the beatific vision, they seem to be talking about something more than that. It's not just seeing the body the, the ascended body of Christ, it's seeing in some ways, you know, what Moses saw, this some manifestation of the glory of God, which is just breathtaking to consider, but that's what we'll experience. I see. So this beatific vision, um, you in, in your article, which is gavinortland.com on the web, uh, on your website, you, you talk about a book that you've read. And in this book, it's called Seeing God, uh, subtitled The Beatific Vision in Christian Tradition. So this is something that's not talked about or discussed, like we're having even the, the very thinnest of conversations about. But in ages past, Christians engage in this kind of conversation frequently. Yeah, that was one of the things that was so interesting to me to learn about. And I would recommend that book if someone wants to <clears throat> learn more about this topic. It's by Hans Borsma, and as you said, it's called Seeing God. And it just came out this year, actually. And one of the things he observes there is that almost all Christians used to talk about this idea uh, up until the last couple hundred years. And some reason um, in the modern period, we've this has kind of dropped out of our vocabulary. Sometimes that happens where uh, doctrines kind of come in and out of our awareness a little bit. And um, uh, so I don't know why that is, but it is something that it seems like we can recover a little bit because there is biblical language, you know, that would encourage us to think about this. Uh, In the Psalms, Psalm 11, verse 7, talks about how the upright shall behold the face of God. Well, that means something. You know, I don't fully know what it means, but it's right there in in the Bible. Yeah, and I want this. I want to embrace this, because anything that draws me closer to the majesty of God, of course, is certainly welcome in my life. So why not engage in this? It's interesting that some things fall out of fashion, but especially something like this that's so big and beautiful. I mean, it's kind of like it's beyond imagination in some way. Yeah, it really is, and it helps me. I mean, I just think of the practical value of these things, because I know on any given day I have a lot of different things that are coming at me, and it's really easy for me to lose a heavenly focus and just not think at all about heaven. Um, But I feel like heaven is a great resource for us, you know, when life is stressful or when our culture seems like it's going crazy and uh, so many things are going on. It's just so refreshing and helpful to remember we have a hope that is not in this world, you know. 
um, we have a, a, an anchor of hope that nothing can take away and that will be forever and ever. And what a joy that is. Amen. And the beatific vision is just such a helpful example of the kind of thing that helps me think about heaven. You know, it takes me back to the, the last scene in, in the last battle, the one of the Chronicles of Narnia, where yes. these characters are going further up and further in, and they're just amazed at, at how real everything is. It says every blade of grass looked like it meant more, you know, and, and they can find, they can run as fast as they want and they can see as far as they want. And there's this just incredible feeling of joy and, and, and peace. They, they discover they can't even feel afraid if they want to, you know, I think what a, what a helpful thing to go back to amidst the buffetings of life. And just remember that if we've, put our faith in Jesus, that's where we'll be. Oh, that's fabulous. And I wonder, you know, as you said, so it's fallen out of fashion, but when you think about, like, the, the great painters, you know, all the artisans from Renaissance forward, I wonder if they, did, did Hans Bormann talk about this at all? And uh, You know, if people have tried to capture that in some sort of artistic, you know, envelope that you would, you know, try to imagine what the glory of God would look like? I mean, of course, we're, you know, we're well familiar with the Sistine Chapel and whatnot, which are, you know, uh, visual representations, but the glory of God amplified to that. I wonder if anything, anyone's even tried to approach that. That's a great question. The only thing I know of is where people have drawn paintings of some of the things in Scripture, like uh, Revelation four, where there's this depiction of of God and He's being worshipped by these angels around the throne. And I do know there's some paintings of those. But I actually don't know beyond that how much people have tried to uh, put this into art. But I know art has been such a huge thing throughout church history, so I'm sure that there probably are um, artistic renderings of this. It's difficult to imagine, though even with the art, it feels like you know that's just a, a faint glimmer of yes. it because we can't capture what it will be like. Well, fabulous. Well, well, Gavin, thanks. I mean, you really ignited something in me, and it's very exciting to even go into this. I'm going to look at that Hans Borman book myself and uh, and see what that's all about. So thanks so much for this. Listen, um, I really appreciate you being here with us. You know, your website is always an encouragement to me, a soliloquum, right? Yeah, well, you know, here I am foolishly choosing the most difficult-to-pronounce <laughs> blog title in the history of the world. Which I'm happy so to do So everybody gets it wrong. It's actually pronounced Soliloquium. Soliloquium. And if you get it wrong, I will not hold it against you, because half the time I forget how to pronounce it. <laughs> but an easier way is just to go to GavinOrtland.com, right? Exactly right, yep. Very nice. Well, Gavin, thanks a lot, my friend. It's always a pleasure. Thanks, John. Good to be with you. Mine as well. Why We Misunderstand the Beatific Vision, Gavin Ortland. Gavin Ortland, A-O-R-T-L-U-N-D, GavinOrtland.com. We'll take a break. Stick around. We've got a smidge more of the ride home. Hope you're doing well today. You don't know when your AC unit will call it quits, but you can rest assured it'll be at the most inconvenient time possible. And who has all day to wait around for a tech to arrive? With Ventec, there is no waiting around, including evenings and weekends. Ventec will repair and replace forced air, central AC, and even offers split mini-duct units to heat and cool individual rooms. With flat rate pricing instead of hourly fees. Clean, courteous, convenient, and A-plus rated with the Better Business Bureau. Ventec, 412-793-0661. Get smarter every day at Ozzy.com. Try a new news site that tells you about the most interesting people, places, and ideas. Discover the next Obama. 
or maybe the next LeBron James. Try OZY.com right now. Ozzy, it's like a latte for your mind. Get some. Word FM Discount Shopping Club members get up to half off great deals every day, right from your computer or smartphone. Now with free shipping. Like today, get away twice as long for half the price. At Laurelville Christian Retreat Center, enjoy a two-night stay in their single-family cabin in a safe and scenic woodland environment. Just 45 minutes from Pittsburgh, a $250 value. Yours for just $125. Log on now to wordfm.com. Keyword shopping. Hey, thanks for being with us. You know, it's such an honor to sit in this chair. It really is. To think that, you know, as I talk to you, my voice is amplified over 50,000 watts and we're pushing out over three states. So, you know, the great blessing of being here and to have you as part of my life is that there's a relationship here. And... I just thank you for your presence. I really do. You know, having been away for a week, I've been reflecting upon what this ministry means to me and what a wonderful gift it's been for all these many years. I just, I thank God for that so much. And I do not take this, this time here with you lightly at all. I mean, I know that Kath and I, we fool around an awful lot and Mike and I do, and, you know, we laugh and make fun. But at the core of this, to know that we are here on this journey together in this brief parentheses of time that God has gifted us, however many years we have here together. It's such a, a pleasure and an honor. It's a beautiful thing. It is, Mike, to talk about Jesus every day, to have that gift. I mean, what, what a wonderful thing. So thank you. Thank you so much. And, and, and to God be all the glory to him and to God's infinite wisdom and his creation, to his peace to all that that shines upon us if we choose to accept it on its daily basis. Just thank you for your presence here in my life and you, Mike, and for Kath and for all of us here to gather together that we put aside for a second our fears and our worries and our anger and resentment and all that and to lay it down and have Christ Jesus in the center of our lives with his breath in our lungs. It's such a wonderful gift. Thanks for being with us. God willing... We'll uh, live to see another day that our heart beats again, and we'll see you same time tomorrow. Have a great night. The Ride Home with John and Kathy, a production of Word FM and Salem Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.